guys. It's Gija Mina. I'm here with Real Talk, Our Journey. And today I have a special co-host with me. Her name is Lakeisha. Welcome, Lakeisha. Hi, everybody. So I'm bringing Lakeisha on because we have a wonderful topic for today. Of course, on everyone's mind is the reopening of the schools in the midst of the COVID and the pandemic. But before we get into that, Lakeisha, I just wanted to welcome you today. And if you wanted you. to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Sure. So um, I'm excited to be here today. I am a single mom. I uh, work for a nonprofit as an executive director. And I'm the mother of a very adorable, precocious nine-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm originally a New Yorker. I'm from the Bronx, born and bred. And uh, I'm excited to be here. Well, welcome, welcome. My mom is from New York, actually, too. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes, but she was here. Did we talk like about there. that? Was it the Lower East Side or no? Um, I think we talked about it before. Most of my family's is in Queens, um, okay. Spanish Harlem. Okay. Uh, and probably other places I'm not aware of. Nice. <laughs> but to get on the topic for today, so um, one of the things that's been on everyone's mind and in the news and parents are in focus groups, Facebook groups, is the reopening of the schools and what our school districts are going to do. And there's a lot of options. There's been back and forth between in going into the school five days. Uh, they've talked about hybrid, two days in, three days home virtually. And then I know for Westchester Area School District, they rolled out cyber school as an option as well, which is part of the Westchester Area School District program. But we also have, of course, in Chester County, Downingtown, Coatesville, Collegium, there's, there's many other schools that we can talk about. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about how that's impacting us as single moms here on the podcast, but as well as other people in the community and how they may feel. And definitely talk about the options in regards to what the difference is. A lot of people get confused with the virtual and cyber school because there is a little bit of a difference there. So for me, I'll, I'll start off first. I have two girls, high school and elementary. I think the biggest thing for me is that if they do hybrid, two days in, three days home, if their three days home don't fall on the same day, then I'm kind of, what do I do with my nine-year-old when I'm still having to work? So that's where I am there. I know they say you can put a request in to have them on the same days, but that's kind of not guaranteed because I'm sure everyone is probably trying to do that. So how are you dealing with everything, where you are, because you're in a different school district. I'm in Westchester Area School District. Yeah, I'm in Downingtown, but my son, he goes to Collegium, and I just filled out, I feel like, the 100th survey, um, <laughs> where they were asking about, you know, what direction you want to go in. Initially, the plan was that they were going to keep them in school for five days, if that's what you chose, or strictly remote. And so now I think now that the Department of Education is requiring six feet social distancing between students, they're unable to do that. So they also have a cyber school as well, which I just learned about when I was completing the survey. I didn't realize they had that. And so they also have the same options where you can go strictly remote, or you can do the blended option or or the cyber school. And I'm I'm honestly pretty stressed out about all the options. I know. Full five day. I understand that we want to make sure that we're able to do it safely. It's just, I'm not sure how myself and, and, you know, people like us and so many other people, I'm just not sure how you're balancing that and working at the same time, especially for those of us like you and I, where we can't work remotely. I completely understand. I feel like every day there's a new option. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like you, yeah, you said like the hundredth survey, I feel like I fill out a survey every other day. Um, and I think the other thing that's hard for some parents is, and I, and I understand that the schools are doing the best they can, because of course, like in any, yes. any, everyone who's in this pandemic right now, everything changes every five minutes. Yes. So we're all navigating this as best as we can. Um, and so I do appreciate all of the school board and the superintendents and the yes. teachers and faculties trying to do something. And then on the aspect of the parents is that the announcements keep getting delayed. Like first we were supposed to know mid July, then it was this week that just passed. Now it's July 29th for Westchester school district. So I think parents are, it's hard for us to plan what we don't know. Yeah. And we're talking about like less than a month away for some of them. I think collegium is supposed to start like the third week in August. Um, So when you're trying to, you know, figure out work or planning anything. It's like, what exactly does that look like? And then what do you do with the other three days or two days of care if you can't physically be home with your child doing the remote learning? Right. Um, I think that's the part that I'm really struggling with wrapping my head around. The other thing is that I feel like a lot of the communication that's out there is saying that it's a temporary situation, right? You kind of, you're kind of getting the impression that it might be for a semester, but are they talking about longer? Are they talking about a couple months? I just, and I don't hear on the flip side of that, what businesses are doing to support their staff who have to work out of home, out of their home, right? Yes. In the office or you know, at the restaurant, wherever you might work. And I'm also not hearing who's going to help pay for the days that the kids are not in school and you might need some childcare. I hear you on that. It is. It's very hard. You're not hearing, is there, you know, an organization that's willing to support parents who may have to change hours or work around that? Can you telework on the days that your kids are home that conversation piece hasn't been out there too much. And it may be privately within certain organizations, but there's not that big conversation. Um, yes. Is the Department of Education going to be able to help some of us parents that will have to pay for care? Is that an option? Because really it's out of our hands. Unless you're able and willing to do cyber school, if you stay along with what's going on with the school district and let them decide whatever they decide is what we have to work with. I have heard recently that there are some organizations working on different opportunities to open their organizations, kind of like, I guess, a remote school for the kids to go to or where you can take your kids and there'll be someone there to help them make sure they get through their schoolwork. Now, the other piece that comes to mind to me is cost. So as a single mom, one income household, I don't know if I would be able to pay the cost of a weekly care for my daughter to go somewhere three days a week when she's doing remote learning. So what happens to our families that don't have that income level? And when these organizations are putting these programs together, are they looking at the different tiers of income? So this is what the cost can be for this income level. And are they able to offer scholarships or grants? Um, Are they going to reach out to Department of Education to send in some monies to help with that? I think that's the piece that a lot of the parents are hoping to hear about, because I think it is good to have extra support for your kids. I have my 17-year-old has an IEP. So that's additional support that she needs. And if I'm not there home with her, of course, you know, I am fortunate that I have family nearby that someone could be there, but then I'm putting that extra toll on them, especially if if they're not in that education field, if they're not used to dealing with kids that have IEPs, how can I make sure that she's getting the support she needs? And it's her senior year, like 
every school mm. year is important, but it's her senior year. That's like a big milestone for her. So yeah. I'm wondering how do we make sure that we're letting these organizations know that I think it's great that they're trying to create these programs to help families, but are taking into account that certain income levels can afford that full price a week care, but what are there out there for, to help other families? I think that's the biggest stress for some of our families. Yeah, that's, that's huge, especially because it's an expense that you don't plan for, right? So you, you have no time yeah. to plan for it. So if it's camp, like for me, I know that I have to plan for that. That's going to be a big chunk of money. I have to save. I save, right? Because I know it's an expense I'm going to have, you know, in June. I think in this situation, you really just don't know. You didn't have the time to plan for it. And I'm fortunate enough that I can save. I think there are a lot of families who just don't have it to put away. And so, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that challenge is real for, for families and then also for organizations that are thinking about providing this service. I did hear that there are financial assistance available for such programs. I wonder if there might be an opportunity for, I don't know, some sort of reimbursement that you would get from the state if you had to pay out in childcare, right? Because again, this is this is a big problem and it's it's just huge. And I think I think organizations are definitely having the challenge of trying to cover their costs and childcare is an expensive service. I think we get that. You know, but what are some other entities, you know, government officials that can kind of step in because this is this is huge. I mean, it's it's affecting the entire country. And you can't really talk about no school or school at home without talking about childcare. Like those things just go hand in hand. And you and I, we won't have, we don't have any options. Like the, we have to work. Yes. <laughs> the kids will be in some sort of care, but it's like, what is that? What does that care even look like? I know even when, when my son was out in March trying to manage work at home and help him was a struggle. It's like as parents, we don't have that expertise, you know, to help all the time to be able to answer all the questions. I had so much more of an appreciation for my son's teacher while we were doing remote learning than I <laughs> had while he was in school. But yeah, these are just like real challenges that we're having. I think I it would yeah. be nice to put together, I think one of the things that I would like to work on is maybe putting together like a resource list and we can put it out there for the yeah. families. Something that you brought up is if the organizations that are creating these programs label it as childcare, is it qualified through ELRC, which is yes. the state funding for um, subsidy childcare? Maybe that's something mm -hmm. that we can all look into. We can look into and we can put it out on our Facebook page so that our families can have that information because that, yeah, that be would be great. But I agree with you doing the, doing the working from home. My 17 year old was asking me like some chemistry questions and I loved chemistry when I was in high school. Awesome. But now she's like asking me these questions and I'm like, um, so I took it. I loved it. I passed it. I don't remember <laughs> it. <laughs> and she's like, okay. So it is, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. And the teachers are like, you know, teachers are superheroes. I say that all the time. Yeah. I mean, our kids spend more time with them in school. Sometimes during the school year, they're more in school than they are at home. Yeah. So those teachers are their superheroes. And I just want to make sure that our kids are not severely by this too. Yes. That's my biggest concern. Um, teaching yes. in school teachers with certified individuals that have that background 
education is different than when they're home and they have family support, um, guardian support, whatever the support that they yes. have at home. It's, it's a lot different. So how do we make sure that our kids are not falling behind? And yes. so a lot of the things in the what's going on in the world today, you know, uh, with everything going on about institutionalized racism, one of the things I want to bring up with this is that for those that are fortunate enough, and this is income wise, they can get that extra tutor or person that has that background to support their kids when they're home. But what about the families that are not able to? So once yeah. again, we're looking at groups of kids that are not going to have the same support in education yeah. and that, that affects the kids. And then yeah. you have families with language barriers. That's the other thing that you think about. Um, um, if this would have happened when I was younger, my mom knew English, of course, she was like I said, born and raised in New York, but my dad came from Puerto Rico at an older age and his first language was Spanish. So if it was my dad in that situation, trying to support me and my sister, and my brother, that would have been very difficult because of mm -hmm. the language barrier. So now yep. we're putting more on these kids to kind of self-teach themselves because mom or dad or guardian is unable to help with the lesson because that's not their primary language. So what are we doing to make sure that resource is there for the families too? That's you know, the other true. piece. Of, yeah. Yeah. Because they talk about, there's something that's called the summer slide and they talk about how during the summer there's, I think close to two or three months of learning that kids miss out on. And so mm -hmm. now they're calling it the COVID slide, right? Where kids are losing out even more. So, you know, this is just going to continue. And unfortunately for low income families and a lot of brown and black families, those folks are, you know, losing even more because of what you mentioned. They don't have that level of support at home. And, you know, I think the good thing is that the schools are trying to provide Chromebooks and they're trying to provide hotspots. And I think that that's commendable, but um, if only they could also provide time. I know. If they could Time and maybe provide, some additional money. <laughs> right, right. Some some financial support and additional yep. administrative staff. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I, I, I definitely just want to put out there to all the families that, you know, we're feeling it. Everyone yep. is. Yes. Um, it's stressful and you can only do the best that you can. And I will take responsibility as and, and I maybe will push it on to Lakeisha too to help me, but we'll make sure we put yes. together some resources to put out there for the families. You know, yes. if it's labeled as childcare, let's find out if ELRC can cover that. Well, what about kids with IEPs? What kind of supports will the schools have? And if you need additional beyond that, what organizations out there will be willing to offer some remote support therapy conversation with the kids to help them? If it's a language barrier, are there individuals out there that are open to helping the families mm -hmm. that have the language barriers? Maybe we, we need to put a little bug in the, the ears of the school board and talk about what kind of funding is the Department of Education open to having for the families to help in the community? Yeah. I don't know if that's something bigger through Department of Education or if it's something locally through our school boards, or is it a mix of both to see what can happen? So we'll definitely get that information and we will share it on our Facebook page, Instagram. So just definitely look for that because that's something we want to be able to do. We definitely want to have these conversations, but we want to make sure that we follow it up with some resource and support for our families. For sure. Um, but that's my biggest thing. That's my biggest concern. I just want to make sure that all the kids, no matter the color of your skin, your cultural background, or your parents' income level, that you're getting the support you need for your education 
because we want you to strive to achieve all the dreams that you have. I tell my kids that all the time. It's as simple as like library cards. I learned a lot about some kids just where I work at in the nonprofit, some of the kids in our programs who never had a library card. And it was nothing against the parents. It was just, for instance, the kids that I had spoken to was the language barrier and the parents not feeling comfortable to go to the library and be able to get a library card for the kids. It was something as simple yeah, as like, that. Yeah, like, who goes to the library anymore? <laughs> me and my kids, well, not pr- prior to COVID, <laughs> me and my kids would go, like, my kids thought it was a hangout spot on a Sunday. We would go to the Exton Library, and each of them would go in their corners, and I would sit in a corner, and my kids could literally be in there for, like, three or four hours reading a book. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> no, we went, I know, my son, we we went, we went, maybe for the first year I moved here, because the library was absolutely beautiful, and it had such a large, like, children's area that I loved. But then we just kept on, I don't know, we had a hard time bringing the books back on time. And I was like, we just have to take a break. We have to take a break. But you're right. Right. Libraries are yeah. important. And then the other piece of the library is now the audio and the online. Um, yes. So just making sure families have. Um, one of the things that um, I was mentioning in a conversation with someone else, I don't know if families know about this and we can put the information out there, but Comcast has a program where they can, if they qualify, depending on income level, they can get basic internet. And it's like, I I don't know if the price has changed. It's anywhere between $9.95 to $11.95 a month. But that's a good thing Mm -hmm. to make sure our families know, you know, Mm -hmm. because then Mm -hmm. I know the libraries in the areas have done a lot with online and audio books. And that might be a good place, too, for the library. Like, I think at this point, there probably should be a whole lot of nonprofit or community-based organizations trying to come together to support these families. Again, I know this is an expense that they have to take on, but the library would be a perfect place. I'm thinking about the Coatesville Library, where maybe there would be hours where they could drop the kids off, even if it's for two or three hours at a time to get some type of support and maybe even a break. But I definitely think this is an opportunity for folks to rally together and figure out, you know, how do, how do we support the community in, in a meaningful way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely going to be needed. And one of the things that I wanted to mention, I mentioned earlier, virtual school versus cyber school. So mm-hmm. cyber school is a program that's been around in different areas for a long time. And I know Westchester Area School District about two, three years ago, started working on their own cyber school program, just as we've seen a, an increase of people moving to the Westchester Area School District area. And so they put the option out there for cyber school. But I just wanted families to be clear, if you enroll your kids to cyber school, that's an option for you to select. There is an ad administrative staff together for that. But it is different than if the school district decides to go virtual that the virtual school will be a lot tied to the administrative staff that's currently in the school buildings versus the cyber school. And then the cyber school offers some enrichments, but not everything that the schools offer, I believe was the last thing I I learned on the call that they, the school board had. Yeah. And at Collegium, if you do the cyber school, you can't opt out. Like you can't, if, if Collegium decides to go back to school on campus in person, you have to stay with the cyber school for the rest of the year. So it sounded like at least at Collegium, if you commit to it, you're committing to it for the entire school year. Okay. I'll have to find that out for Westchester School District. I'm thinking it might be similar too, because then mm-hmm. those those numbers are what they're basing on whether they can be in school or out of school. 
and how they'll break it up. And I wanted to explain a little bit about the hybrid quickly when they were talking about that so that people can kind of understand what that meant. So they're talking about splitting up kids into what they call cohorts. So it's groups. And these cohorts would be assigned two days in the building so that they can adhere to the six feet distance that the CDC has put in place. And then three days online. Prior to that, the reason that they were thinking of in school was because it was three to six feet apart originally that the Department of Education had put out there with CDC. And so they thought with the three to six feet, they could definitely make it work five days in, but then it became six feet only. The three feet went away. And that's why they switched to hybrid so that people can understand what high means. So they'll have two days in the building in front of the teacher, like they usually do on a regular basis, and then three days of online learning. Mm -hmm. But from what I heard, and this is the piece that they're still working out, the three days of online learning will be similar to the in-person in a sense that they will have scheduled times to be online for classes. Now, when we went into the COVID and they shut down, it was very different because it was something they had to throw together in two weeks for these kids so that they didn't lose this education piece. So that was kind of, they put schoolwork up on Schoology and then the kids had all day to complete the assignments or the deadline for the assignments. And some kids may work in the morning, some in the afternoon, some in the evening, whatever worked for the family and the kids. They had a little bit of leeway with that. With the way they're talking about now in hybrid, there are going to be certain class times where the kids have to be online, whether it be 9.15, 9.30. That's the other piece that becomes difficult for parents because if you're not home, making sure that if it's an older child that you're leaving at home, that they're up in time and they get on there on the time that they need. If it's a younger kid that you have them somewhere that you can make sure they get on in time because that does count as attendance. So then my concern, of course, came with truancy. So if this is a valid school year and they're going to do everything they can for the kids, if something happens to the internet and it crashes or you had to go to work and you had to be at work at 8.30 and your kid needed to be on at 9.15 and your child didn't wake up with the alarm and they miss it, is that going to increase the truancy problem that they, they're trying to control with attendance? So now families are going, that's another obstacle putting in the place of the families to make sure that their kid doesn't get in trouble for truancy. Mm-hmm. So that was the other part that came up to me. And the only reason I thought of that is because I have a 17-year-old that, let me tell you, waking her up in the morning, I have to like bang pots and pans in her <laughs> face maybe. And it can get difficult sometimes. So that's a concern when you have older kids, yeah. you feel that they're, yep. they're okay to be home. But if something happens and they miss a class, that's a concern for the parents. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that needs to be addressed, definitely. And we need to make sure that parents understand that. So I'm, I'm hoping that these programs that the nonprofits put together definitely is able to help kids, any organization, the library, the schools, the nonprofits. I think they need to make sure that everyone's sitting at the table and everyone's on the same page because the main thing is the success of our kids in education. Yeah. That is the main yeah. thing. So, yeah, because yeah, I think they talk about synchronous and asynchronous learning, which I think speaks to what you just shared, right? Like when it's starting at a certain time, ending at a certain time. So, yeah, that sense of flexibility that we had in March, I think that goes away. And you're right. Like, not only, you know, do you have to be home, 
or you have to be present, but it could be up to six hours of learning, which I'm not really sure how that even works, you know, with that much screen time and the kid being able to process and take all that information in. There's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to say, Lakeisha, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation and I'm sure we had, it was a wonderful conversation and we may have answered some questions and created some questions. Um, (laughs) But we will definitely make sure that we work on getting some information and resources out there for the families. So just make sure you check out the Single Mothers Conference Facebook page or Instagram page. We will put as much information as we know. Make sure that you're on your school district's website. They're constantly updating information there. Get information about the virtual school board meetings. And if you're able to get on and listen, and we will do our best to be here and support you guys. We're all navigating this every five minutes with a new Mm -hmm. thing going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So thank you guys again for joining us. Lakeisha, thank you again. Thank you. talk with you. You did a wonderful job. So welcome to the team. We'll have you back again. Uh, And everyone have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.